Welcome to the Holy Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Heather, and this is the podcast where we strive for holiness even when everything in the world and our personal lives can feel like it's a massive hot mess. From deep theological chats to simple practical advice, we talk about it all here, all in hopes that we can encourage each other to keep our eyes, hearts, and minds set on heaven. Are we, okay, we're, we're recording. I couldn't tell. So in, uh, whatever, this is background stuff, but in Audition, which is how I record this stuff, there's like, you have to arm the track to actually record by pressing a little R, and then you actually press the red, like, record button, and if I, if I've zoomed out too much, then I hit record, but I can't actually see it moving that the red is going, because my track shows up as red when I'm actually recording, whatever, who cares, just talking. Um, this is my washing machine in the background. Funny story about that. Uh, so last episode, we talked a lot, um, a bit about like my trauma and <laughs> when I, uh, because of what happened to me in September, 15 years ago, um, when I don't feel in control of a situation, I go like buck wild and I'm trying to control that. There's literally, I have to like talk myself down. The dog ran away a couple months ago and I was super proud of how I handled it, but the dog ran away, um, because one of the children, went to go check the mail and the dog ran out and she's four. And so she just came back in and I was homeschooling and like whatever. And then we go to leave the house and I'm like, where is Ranger? He's not in the back. Guys, where is Ranger? And one of the twins is like, oh, he ran out when I went and got the mail. And I was like, that was like an hour ago. So this dog is gone. And I'm like, oh, son of a Normal me, normal trauma response me would scream at the child and tell them that, you know, this is their fault and whatever and lose my mind and cry and scream and freak out and assume the dog is dead and like all this stuff. Um, so what trying to heal me stopped and I was like, everybody please get in the car. (laughs) And in my head, I'm telling myself, like, the only thing I know is that he is not here. I don't know where he is. I don't know that he's in danger. I don't know that I'm rushing him to the ER. I don't know that he's never coming back. There's there. These are all the unknowns that I cannot what if myself. Um, what's done is done. The dog is out of here. Um, and we just need to go find him. So I start um, screaming his name, uh, yelling his name. Now, uh, I was a cheerleader and I am a very loud person. I like actually at cheer camp one time was like with a vocal coach who taught me how to yell from my diaphragm instead of my voice box. Um, I can, you could probably hear my voice like a mile away (laughs) when I want you to. So I am very loud. And um, that's also one of my trauma responses. I am so loud that when people aren't listening to me and I'm feeling invalidated and um, out of control of the situation, you, people will listen to me when I get that loud, uh, AKA my children, because it'll scare the crap out of everybody around here. So that's also a personal flaw I'm working on that I try not to get loud. I actually try to get quieter when I'm super hyper mad. Um, so anyways, I start yelling this dog's name. I'm like, get in the car, get in the car. So we start backing out of the driveway. We live kind of close to the edge of a road, um, like towards the main road. But then if you go down the other way, it's like deeper into the neighborhood. So I start going very slowly down the road with the windows open. And I'm like, Ranger, Ranger, you know, the kids are crying, whatever. And um, I'm looking like in between each house because maybe he's like hanging out with some other dogs. I don't know. And um, I'm like, guys, we need to say prayers. So we pray to St. Anthony, uh, I mean, uh, St. Francis. 
patron saint of animals. We pray to St. Anthony, um, patron saint of lost causes and um, or lost things is what people often. And um, St. Anthony is probably always up there like, girl, get your life together. Um, but so as we literally like finish the Hail Mary um, at the hour of our death, amen, I look in the rearview mirror and this dog goes sprinting from one of the streets across our street and right into my garage. God bless it. Um, he probably heard my voice from, you know, three quarters of a mile away or something ridiculous and with his crazy dog ears and immediately came home. Like what a good boy. Shouldn't have ran off. (laughs) He was exhausted for the rest of the day. But so anyways, there's my, there's my trauma. Crap. Why was I saying this? Oh, my trauma response when I feel people aren't listening to me or I feel like something is out of control. We ordered this washer and dryer because I got an alert for a price drop that I had been watching forever. Our dryer, I have had to replace the heating element many times. Then last year we had a friend whose home burnt down because of a faulty dryer. Um, it could have been like they weren't cleaning the lint, they whatever, I don't know what it was, but I've been having like severe anxiety about the fact that this dryer um, is malfunctioning for some reason. I keep having to replace the heating element and that scares me. So then we were saving up money and I was like, well, if I can find one discounted, then we can buy it on our own terms instead of having to buy one when like they're finally done. And these things were almost 12 years old, 11 and a half years old. The washer smelled, you know, just because it was 11 years old, had been moved to like eight or nine different houses. (laughs) Not really like four or five, but, uh, yeah. So this price drop, I'm like, great. So I go to Lowe's, this man who's the quote unquote appliance expert talks me into having them delivered. I'm like, I had already taken all the seats out of my minivan. I was ready to just put them in my minivan and bring them home. And he's like, no, we do free delivery. So if you just wait a day, I'm like, okay. Then he's like, also, if you buy all the fittings, which I'm glad we bought all the fittings because the pipes were old, the tubing was nasty, you know, 12 years. Um, if you buy all the fittings, we will install it for free. And I was like, oh, okay. So you're delivering it. You're going to install it for free. I got to buy all these fittings. Anyways, y'all, this ends up being a disaster. Uh, they call me Saturday morning, which is two days after I wanted to have them. Um, they call me Saturday morning and they're like, ma'am, did you want to order two dryers? And I was like, why in the ham sandwich would I want two dryers? No, I want a washer and a dryer. How does that make any sense? She said, well, you paid for two dryers. And I was like, I did what? Sure enough, I look on the receipt. This man, who is the appliance expert, just put add to cart two dryers instead of the washer dryer set. Infuriated me because I was not on his computer. I didn't bring him barcodes to scan, obviously, because they're dryers. So I'm standing there with one of my toddlers and he's just like, you know, boop, 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 making small talk, talking to somebody else, doing a thousand different things at once. Like this transaction took way longer than it needed to. He's, you know, talking me into getting delivery, talking me into buying all the fittings, like all this stuff. And um, $1,700 later, <laughs> this woman is like, did you want two dryers? No, I didn't want two dryers. Well, sure enough, I look on my receipt. My receipt I bought two dryers. So she fixed it before they even left the place. They were loading the stuff up on the trucks. I go work out. They're supposed to be here between noon and four to deliver the um, washer and dryer. They show up at 10. Like, why give a delivery window if you're not even going to show up then? Thank goodness my husband was home because we would have been at CrossFit because it was Saturday morning. CrossFit's at 10. 
So my husband calls and he's like, hey, uh, there's these, this dryer's dinged up. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, yeah, they said it's got some scrapes and stuff on it. And I said, well, scrapes are one thing. Like, can we get a discount? And I was like, but you need to make sure it works. And I've got friends at CrossFit who are like, nope, nope, nope. It needs to be in perfect condition. We had this happen. The people delivered it. They gave us some money off. Great and wonderful. Except for two months later, it stopped working and we had to pay $700 to have this $800 dryer fixed. And I was like, that's insane. Um, well, turns out, no, they get it out of this box and there's a straight up forklift piercing through it. So Brandon's like, mm, all right, bros, go ahead and uh, plug it in. They plug it in and it's like, you know, just like a terrible sound. And um, so we're like, no, take it back. These people take it back and they're like, we'll probably deliver another one tomorrow. And I told Brandon, I was like, how do they even know that? They don't even work for Lowe's. They are just a contracting, like moving company that does these shipments for them. Fast forward, like they say they're going to, they, nobody tells us when. So finally, like after calling a million times and being put on hold and then the call dropping 8,000 times, they're like, we're going to deliver it Tuesday. They never show up Tuesday. So I call Tuesday evening. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, well, we didn't even have one in stock. And I was like, why did you tell me it was going to be here on Tuesday? So they're like, well, it's actually coming from Houston on Wednesday. We can deliver it on Thursday. And I said, well, can you just do it Friday evening? Because like Thursdays are crazy. We've got therapy and all this stuff. Like, can you just do it Friday evening Um, or Friday morning? And I said between eight and noon, because I figured like they'll install it. I can get to CrossFit at noon. I'm sure they'll be there at 6 a.m. if they said 8 a.m., you know. Well, eight goes by, noon goes by, nobody shows up. I leave and go to CrossFit. I come back at 1.15 and no call, nothing. It's now six o'clock. Nobody has delivered my dryer. And I call and they're like, well, this is a contractor. So like, we don't even know where they are. I'm about to go crazy. This is a lot of money to have banged up stuff, have it not, you know, thank goodness we still had a dryer. Like, could you imagine if I had been like nine days waiting on this thing with no dryer because it had actually broken? Anyway, so long story short, they end up delivering it like eight o'clock on Friday. I already have no bra on my, I'm trying to put my children to bed. Now my husband's doing this. They show up, it's scraped up. It's not forklift through it, but it's still freaking scraped up. And we pay a lot of money for this. Then they just drop it off in the driveway and are like, bye. And he's like, we paid for the fitting so you guys would install this. And they're like, that's not on the sheet. Sorry, bye. And pull off. Thank goodness I'm so strong because I just walked up. Me and my husband just like deadlifted this thing. I carried it inside. I'm furious. And I was like, husband, you can install this. I'm not doing it. I'm furious. I was about to go march into Lowe's and just like scream. But I also knew like, who do I hold accountable for this? The, the manager at Lowe's didn't do this. So me screaming at her is pointless. You know, the, the guy, the appliance expert or whatever, he is annoying. And he had a little hand in this, but screaming at him for the rest is pointless. Lowe's contracts out to this company. So like, it's kind of the company's fault, but also it's Lowe's fault because these things are banged up. And then like they scraped the, like when they brought the washer into my house, they scraped my walls all up and everything. I'm like, use a moving blanket. Anyways, it was ridiculous. I was about to go straight put on people. And Brandon was like, you may not leave this house and go speak to other humans when you are this enraged. Um, but again, this is my trauma speaking when I feel out of control and whatever. So uh, I waited till the next day and on the way to go ring somebody out and be like, I want money back. I want something. 
I want some sort of compensation for this really annoying pain in the butt that this has been. And uh, I look at the clock and it's 2.09. And I'm like, mm, confession's at 2.30. I'm going to pop by confession first. So I go to confession first. And uh, then I went to Lowe's. And they ended up giving me $250 refunded back onto our card um, for 30% of the cost of the dryer. Because it was 30% of pain in the butt, apparently. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my dryer story. <sighs> All right. So I posted... I literally just recorded the previous episode, and in recording that, I said, uh, I posted just on Instagram, which nobody really cares because who really follows me? I don't care. I have a few friends on here. Um, I I got two questions. Um, I asked for questions for stuff you wanted me to record, and this uh, little question box has been up for like 45 minutes. Um, and, oh, hold on. Okay, so that was me literally getting distracted and uh, checking an Instagram DM while I'm trying to do this. Anyways, I posted uh, what I talked about at the end of last episode was my friend Caroline, um, who has been on the podcast, her stepson just got diagnosed with cancer, and I posted something to the effect of she's about to have a baby in September, but I said baby girl, and I realized that like I don't actually know the gender of their child. I... And so then somebody was like, wait, does she know she's having a baby girl? And I was like, actually, that's one, not my business. And also, I don't even, I think I just like instinctively put baby girl, probably because I have a million girls. Anyways, I don't have a million, I have three. But anyways, so I asked like, what do you want me to talk about? And um, one thing, okay, so the, both of them actually have to do with each other. And I'm going to just talk, I'm just going to ramble about them both. And this is me literally right now just throwing it out there. Can you hear my washer in the back? I'm not sure. Maybe it's fine. So one says how to give yourself grace as a mom and being okay with not being perfect. And another one says talk about parenting, please. Like parenting different types of children. Okay. So I'm. Th- this is my blanket statement for one. Uh, one of the biggest things I had to learn as a mom is that how am I even going to say this without like being all over the place, but welcome to my podcast. Um, your children's behaviors, um, and unique personalities are not a reflection on your stellar parenting or lack of parenting or anything like that. Every child is made different for a reason and every child is needed in this world for a reason. Things that may be an absolute pain in your behind now could be huge blessings that create successful, caring, giving, wonderful humans if they are cultivated properly. Our job as parents is not to fix them. And this is something that I have had to learn very much the hard way, very much in prayer. Um, One, that I don't control them. As much as I want to control them, I also had to step back and be like, wait, I don't want humans that are easily controlled. (laughs) That's not what I want. I want humans to think critically. I want humans who have empathy to come out of my home. Um, So I think number one, surrendering the fact that uh, they're not your kids first. They're God's kids first. And there's been times where my, my deepest prayer has just been God handle your kid. 
because I can't. Um, also, that what we say to them does not matter nearly as much as what we show them. So if something disappoints you and ticks you off and you scream and yell and throw something or hit a wall or throw a, an adult tantrum, this is like the uh, theme of most of my therapy is the fact that I throw adult tantrums and then I uh, get ticked off when my children throw tantrums. It's <laughs> me just being real life. Um, but realizing that us showing children how to handle emotion in an adult manner um, how to regulate our emotions is way more healthy to them and way more um, beneficial to the instruction and raising of children than us telling them how to do it. Because if you tell somebody how to do something, but you are not showing them in your own actions, it's pointless. Um, another big thing I had to learn in giving yourself grace for parenting um, is that Even in the moments where parenting feels hard, you were literally chosen out of every person who has ever existed in the history of existence to parent this one human out of everybody who has ever existed in the humanity of existence. Does that make sense? Humanity of existence in the in existence of humanity. Um, and if that doesn't empower you, then I don't know what will. Like. God sees in you absolutely everything necessary to raise this human to get to heaven. Everything is already inside you. We might not be accessing it. We definitely needs God need God's grace. But if you're a baptized Christian, like that grace exists within you. And so this difficult child, um, the differences that they may have, like you, you, only you. You, like, I, it blows my mind even saying it. The tantrums they throw, the big emotions they have, the learning issues they have, the learning specialties they have, whatever. The weird little obsessions with dinosaurs or whatever that they have. You, you and only you were picked to be the mother of these children. You know, if you were picked to have twins, you, you were picked to have two baby humans at one time. Because God makes you capable. Okay. And there's a lot of surrender that has to happen in that. A lot of it. Um, and I don't know, like, think about how little Mary must've felt like, wait a minute, I'm going to have God and then I'm gonna have to watch him suffer a lot. Like, wait a minute. But there was a trust there that was like, okay, God, I trust that you know what you're doing because you're God and you have my best interests at heart and you will see me through this um, and you will give me the graces to endure it and to bear this cross. And I think we need to like on our little like stupid stuff, like not stupid that the fact that my daughter has dyslexic issues, um, that's not stupid, but I'm saying in the grand scheme of life, like emotional dysregulation, sensory processing disorder and dyslexia are not watching the sun die on the cross um, for all of humanity, but it is still, it's a cross that has to be bore with grace and humility and, and things like that. Um, I also, this is going to be my huge, huge tangent skirt, like we're turning the car around here, guys. 
Um, I had to learn so much about, um, in my daughter's occupational therapy, about primitive nerve reflexes um, and how so many kids nowadays are affected by these primitive nerve reflexes. And guys, this is my soapbox. I could talk about it forever. But if you have a child who just seems like everything is extra, the feelings are extra. <laughs> like the clothing textures annoy me. And there's a mental breakdown about the oatmeal doesn't feel the same as it felt last time. And so I don't want to eat it. My toast is soggy now. Um, you know, she looked at me and now like hair is being pulled out. Whatever these big, huge emotions where it's really hard to comprehend. Like what the heck? There are things called primitive nerve reflexes. We know about them when we have infants because when we go to the doctor, they will like put the little reflexy thing and they'll drag it along the baby's foot and the baby's foot's supposed to curl. And um, they'll kind of hold the baby with their head in one hand and their body in the other hand. And they'll kind of like drop the baby a little bit, like just like a little descent. And the baby's arms will, you know, spl splay out that little um, like startle reflex that babies have. So doctors test for that. What doctors don't really test for, they're test, they, they test that they're there. What they don't really test for as they grow up is that they have properly matured. Many, many ways these children's reflexes cannot properly mature. And some of those ways are putting them in containers, meaning bouncers, uh, walkers, uh, the little like door jam jumpery things, even too much baby wearing. Um, and basically oh, keeping them in car seats, um, you know, which honestly, the more kids you have, it's like we're in car seats a lot because we're driving all the other kids around doing whatever. Like life doesn't stop because I had a newborn, even though it should stop a little bit, but that's just society. Um, all these things, uh, everything from vaccines to medications mom has taken during pregnancy to uh, food insensitivity to all these things. So these nerve reflexes cannot integrate properly. And when they don't integrate properly, you can have children whose bodies show symptoms um, because of this poor, improperly uh, integrated reflexes. One of my children, which I, actually two of my children, which I think is a massive reason why um, so many kids are diagnosed ADHD, um, even you know, lower end of the spectrum autism is because of this Moro reflex. So that's that baby startle reflex. And if you think about it, that's the baby's fight or flight response. That is a natural primitive thing that they should have, right? Well, if this fight or flight response is not integrated properly, then you have these children who, when they are shown, a, when their body is shown a threat, you know, your brain doesn't actually know what the threat is. Like reasoning can deduct what the threat is, but like when your brain gets the impulse that there's a threat, there is not an immediate like, um, oh, that's just a cat that spooked me. Like when you get scared or threatened, there's a physiological response that happens in your body. Cortisol shoots up, adrenaline shoots up, like da da da, da all this stuff, you know? And that happens before you even have the ability to be like, oh, just kidding. So let's say, imagine you near miss car accident. And like, it would have been bad, near missing, okay? Or even if it wouldn't have been bad, even if it just would have been a fender bender, like, you know, they kind of just scare the crap out of you. And you're sitting there and your heart's racing. And like an hour later, you're still a little like, da, 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 you know, heart's racing, whatever. Think about that response 
to if somebody took a book you were reading. It's completely disproportionate, right? But this is what happens with these kids with this disintegrated, um, uh, improperly integrated moral reflex. So these are babies who were not given the ability to, um, there's many different reflexes. ATNR, that one can show dyslexia, hyperactivity. Um, there's one that contribute that a, one of the main symptoms is bedwetting. Uh, so we have all these kids who might be bedwetting at six, seven years old, and there's not anything anatomically wrong with them. It's neurologically wrong. And it's because there's, I think that it's the spinal gallant reflex. I've obviously done a lot of research on this. Um, so I think too, making sure that you are fostering an atmosphere in your home where you allow children to learn how to properly regulate. Um, I have a little person coming in here. Hold on. Yes, darling. What's up? Yes, so that seems really sad. Are you upset? Okay, so there was a brother did this. Anyway, I don't know what that is, but um so I uh I just really recommend looking into there are really simple just like exercises and things you can do at home. Simple things like if your kid didn't crawl, didn't crawl properly, like on hands and knees, crawling like we see a baby. They didn't crawl for a decent period of their life. If they butt scooted, if they knee scooted, um, if they just belly scooted, but they didn't on their hands and knees crawl, um, if they just stood up and started walking, um, then some of these nerve reflexes are not, can not be properly um, integrated. And you can integrate them by simple things, by like having your kids crawl on the ground, um, having them bear walk, having them... Um, take breaks during the day to uh, do things like bounce a ball with one hand, uh, just things like that. You can really look into it anyway. So if you're having a kid who just seems like really difficult, um, then two things, look into these primitive nerve reflexes. I can put all the things, um, I guess three things, give yourself grace in the fact that you were given, um, everything necessary through God to parent these children beautifully. Um, but also look into your own trauma, which is what we talked about in the last episode, because if you're not addressing your own trauma and your own need for calm, your own need for control, uh, respect, uh, all these things, which honestly, I want calm, control, respect, honor, blah, 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 blah. And I'm asking this of people who are four years old and who have no freaking clue. And the way that I respond to that is by throwing an adult tantrum. <laughs> That's how I respond. So I'm having to rewire myself to remember, like, they are small humans. They are not people I'm here to fix. They are people I am here to coach into life, right? Um, into being an adult. Is this still recording? I thought it was still yeah, um, into being a functional human in society. I'm here to coach them in that. I'm not here to boss them into that. Um, but I have to work on myself because as they grow up, like we're still growing up too. There's a lot of genera generational trauma um, that all of us have for the all of eternity. Um, there's a lot of uh, trauma that we have in our lives 
uh, that there's also a lot of like easy outs that we have taken in the beginning of parenting because I think we were we've been lied to that either parenting is supposed to be easy and dutiful and like if it doesn't feel that way because it doesn't look like my Instagram feed then like clearly you're doing it wrong and so you're failing (laughs) um or my baby sleeps through the night so like why isn't your baby or the first thing people say when they see you oh do you have a good baby does she sleep through the night it's like of course she doesn't sleep through the night she's two weeks old like you whatever um I think we are fooled into believing that and so Um, When we're not getting as much sleep, when we're not doing whatever, we seek very easy outs um, that I regret because now there's ramifications in my children now. Um, Those easy outs are things like she would sleep, you know, if I put her in the bouncer. So I strapped her into a bouncer and would just bounce it with my foot instead of realizing like, why is my kid not sleeping? Um, You know, or I, I had her sleep in one of those like bedside cradle things that you're not even allowed to let babies sleep in. Um, I don't even know what they were called, but because she would sleep in that and I needed her to sleep and um, that restricted her shoulder and her head movement. And like that could contribute to the fact that she has emotional dysregulation issues. She has um, dyslexia symptoms. She has ADHD. Um, This fight or flight response that when somebody takes her doll, she is like, screaming and yelling for an hour when I'm like, okay, I get it. Like you're mad, but why was that excessive? Um, so anyways, let me look back at these questions and make sure that I'm not an idiot that, uh, okay. Okay. Um, so someone specifically said like parenting different types of kids. I, I really like this book called triggers like a biblical response to your children and honestly it's a little bit more of an introspective look at yourself and why these things are triggering you and how to best respond and coach your children um to be little saints instead of um screaming them into being little saints or whatever um i think that journaling and praying about each one of my kids has also really helped too. I don't do this all the time, but if I'm having a hard day at the end of the day to just, uh, kind of turn those hard moments I've had into ways that these are really going to be good characteristics in an adult, like maybe being super strong willed. Um, or like I have one that is kind of sneaky. Um, and if that is fostered properly, it could be, um, not sneakiness, but resourcefulness. Um, I've got this child who's super resourceful and when she wants her way, she will not stop until she gets it. And in goal setting, that could be really healthy. Um, when it's her trying to sneak a lollipop into her bedroom, (laughs) not so much, but, um, you know, things like that. So I, I would just want, I would encourage you to do this, uh, read that triggers book. I got it on audiobook, and when I got it, I thought it was going to be like, read it start to finish. It's more of like a read one chapter each day. Um, and I, th- I think it's something I want in hard copy because I was like taking down notes and just writing things down verbatim. And I realized like, I just need to be able to highlight the book. Um, so that's a really, really good resource. I can also share, um, there's an all things sensory podcast. Um, when I learned more about this sensory input stuff, um, I learned how to help my children regulate their emotions more. I was able to help them through the emotions instead of getting mad and just wanting the emotions to stop 
And I think that's a really big like maturity jump as an adult you have to make, which I still have a really hard time with because I struggle regulating my own emotions. But realizing for myself that it's very calming for me to lift heavy things. I know I talk about CrossFit all the time, but that's a way to regulate your nervous system is to lift, push, pull heavy things. So what we've done with our kids is um, we tell them that if they're having a really big problem, they are allowed to go lift, push, pull, or swing. A really good way to regulate their emotions is swinging front and back. Um, That vestibular input of going front and back can really, really help regulate their emotions. So when you get better at recognizing your child's triggers, just like when you get better at recognizing your own triggers, you can tell them, I see that like your face is showing that you're being you're getting very upset and your body language is showing me that you're having a really hard time. And before we make a bad choice and harm somebody or do something to get in trouble, maybe it would be a good time to go outside and swing 30 times to try to regulate ourselves. And showing the children when you do that yourself, like I'm getting very upset. And so I'm going to go outside and I'm going to do 10 burpees (laughs) and I'm going to pick up this kettlebell and just hold it. And letting them see that like, You as an adult have to actively take steps to regulate your emotions before you lose your temper that they are allowed to have emotions too. They're allowed to have emotions. They're allowed to have feelings. They're allowed to have opinions. Um, But also I I am very uh, strong in believing that I am the adult and I need to be obeyed. But I tell my children that I need to be obeyed first time right away and then you can ask questions. So if I say, stop, like they're running across the street or something, stop. They are to stop immediately, right away, no questions asked. And then they can say, yes, ma'am, but why? And I can say, because running across the street is not safe. There are cars, blah, 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 blah. I can explain that. Um, or I, I can say, I need you to put the pens and pencils up. Instead of them throwing tantrums, I give them the tools, the tool to be able to ask me why. And that I will give them an answer. So they say, yes, ma'am, I'll put the pens and pencils up can you tell me why? And I'll say, go ahead and do it. And then I'll explain why they do it. And I explain that it's because, you know, in 20 minutes we are leaving the house and I need the house picked up because I don't want the markers to dry up. And when we come to home, as soon as we get home, we'll be eating lunch. And so we need a clear table to eat lunch. Kids are like, okay, now I get it. Um, I think that relationship where it's an obedient relationship, but why, um, in a respectful way is also super necessary. I don't, Maybe if you could tell me like what kind of differences, um, but I think looking into your child and definitely learning about like different neurological uh, responses and possible trauma that that child has even experienced in their life um, that could manifest as like these neurological imbalances and things like that. Um, So I don't know. There's that. But then also just the fact that like the person who asked me about giving yourself grace as a parent currently has like four kids, three and under because she just had twins. So that's just the time where you have to get a little introspective and be like, why do I feel the need to be perfect? What in me is not allowing me to slow down, is not allowing me to give grace? Like, what are these things? Why? Um, Because... These are unrealistic expectations I'm putting on myself for somebody who just birthed two humans. And I did it too. I wanted to be Instagram worthy with my cute little twins. Um, But that is not the season um, to put those 
absolutely unrealistic expectations on yourself. Um, like those are the seasons where there's going to be a lot of TV watching and there's going to be a lot of, uh, throwing some, (laughs) some deli meat on the table and saying that's lunch, you know? And, uh, I think the ability to give yourself grace, um, but then the, also the ability to just prayerfully remember like when, when you are, I know I always struggled with feeling like, okay, I'm out of this season now. So like, why am I struggling with laziness or whatever? Like that is these seasons that are super slow are your seasons to really cultivate this relationship with God so that you can be in tune with the fact, um, as you exit those seasons of like how life is supposed to change. Um, okay. So another resource that I think I've even talked about in the last episode or possibly the beginning of this one, because I don't know, I have no notes and I'm just rambling is, um, there's a book called a mother's rule of life. And I kind of hate this book (laughs) because, um, I listened to it on audiobook and when I listen to it, it is really, it's too much to just start to finish read it. Like it's one of those things where you're like, you kind of have to listen or read half a chapter, kind of try to implement that in your life. Um, so it's based on this rule of life. A rule of life is in some sort of religious order. They would have these rules of how their life goes. Wake up at 5 a.m., do the daily offerings, da 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 You know, we eat lunch at noon, we serve the poor at three, we do blah, 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 blah. Very structured. And the point of the structure is that um, there's freedom in that obedience, right? There's freedom in that. And there was a lot of freedom that I was feeling when I really made my own mother's rule of life, um, which is a way that you order your day and your life and all these things. I really found so much freedom in it because I defined what I, what I needed to do, what I actually needed to do, and then I got it done. And if I didn't get it done, I looked at it as disobedience to God because in prayer, I had put these things on my life. Um, and that's when I came to the realization that like God was calling me to wake up early And when I don't, I'm being disobedient to him because I know that he has called me to do that. That's not saying that everybody who doesn't wake up early is being disobedient to God. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, um, the mother's rule of life goes over five different areas in your life in priority order. And basically saying, if you don't have this priority in order, everything else is not ordered properly. Then if you don't have the second one ordered properly, everything that's going behind it is not ordered properly. So the five, I'm going to just do an episode on this, but anyways, the five areas of life are prayer, person, partner, parent, and provider. Okay. So that's not saying that like, obviously throughout the day, your priorities don't shift, but overall in your life schedule is your priority, your relationship with God, prayer. Is that a priority in your life? Like if I'm waking up and the first thing I'm doing in my morning is opening my phone and looking at the news or Instagram, which it is what I did today and most days, I'm not a perfect person. And this is where I'm saying like, it was hard to read this book because it felt like I was just like, everything I do is bad. And then I'm trying to change everything at once. And then it was just unsustainable. So, but like, am I ordering my day to allow areas to stop and to pray to blah, 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 blah. Okay, then person, am I taking care of myself physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally so that I can care for 
and pour out to everybody else in my life. These are things like, am I going to therapy weekly or biweekly? These are things like, am I getting time for exercise? Am I doing my hair? And I'm not saying like that you need to be like dolled up and in a dress every day. I just mean as a person who is sitting here with no bra on, it is 1050 AM and I have like jammies still and I feel and look like junk. (laughs) If I'm not like waking up and putting on semi-decent clothes, then I, honestly, I'm not as productive in the day. I'm not as obedient to the things God is calling me to do, like the laundry and the whatever. So, um, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, then you have partner, your marriage is your marriage a higher priority than the children. Obviously during the day when there's a puking child, that's a priority, obviously. But what it's saying is like making actual time in your life to set goals, set goals. And these are goals that like, I don't, I didn't tell my husband. I just put in my own head because I didn't want it to be super predictable, but goals like how often are you going to do adult time? What is that goal? Because honestly, hormonally, sometimes I don't want to do it, but I do it because there are so many graces that comes from the marital act. Um, you know, am I making a point to go on dates with my husband? And you know what? In this phase of life, we don't really have anybody to watch our kids. So those dates are ordering takeout and just intentionally spending the night with each other, talking and watching movies and being with each other. Like, are we doing that? And honestly, right now we're not. (laughs) Um, and our relationship, I can feel it. I can feel that we're not making each other a priority. Um, work very much is a priority for him right now. He's also in school. It's crazy. Um, but then, then you have your parent, you know, uh, am I making a priority to spend one-on-one time with my kids? Am I so flustered and on the phone so much that, um, when I'm not on the phone or whatever, and I want to cook dinner, I just want to be by myself and everybody shut up and leave me alone. When in reality, making dinner with my kids could be a really, really beautiful learning and bonding experience. If I could just figure out a way to like rotate that so that I can have one-on-one time with each child, like These are the kind of things. And then finally provider. And if you do not work outside the home or if you don't make physical money for your family, you are still a provider. You're providing encouragement. You're providing uh, meals for your, for your family. You're providing a clean and tidy space. Um, And so I don't know, there's part of me that has also been like, I should do some sort of like challenge where we do you know, 12 weeks or something to a well-ordered life or something like that, um, to a, to a rule of life. And, you know, each week you work on something that fulfills those five areas, prayer, person, partner, parent, and provider. Um, so I actually do recommend the mother's rule of life book. I know I said that I kind of hate that book. I do like it. Um, My problem with it is that the first time I read it, I tried to read it start to finish and I was just a horrible disappointment to myself. So I suggest not reading that in one go. I suggest um, stopping uh, and taking some notes and then being like, I'm going to implement a little bit of this in my life is what I'm going to try to do. So um, I don't even know if I really answered your questions. This is what it's like to be my friend. If you sit down and try to have a conversation with me, We will probably never even get to the topic of the conversation where it originally started, but I feel like it's a good time. 
I don't know. And now I'm going to pick up a Mother's Rule of Life again. I'm going to go buy the book Triggers so that I have a hard copy. And maybe on Instagram or something, we just work through this stuff together because it might be really therapeutic. Like, I've been really wanting to declutter my house. And you know, I used to do decluttering challenges. Maybe we declutter together as part of the provider role in our family. The provider role could also be getting your finances in order. The provider role could be shelf timber challenge um, where you, you know, only cook based on the food that you have. Uh, things like that you provide by picking up a new homemaking skill like learning how to bake bread or make pasta from scratch, which is something I'd love to do. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we do that. You tell me. Go find me on Instagram. It's at Heather Yar, Y-A-R-R, with a little underscore. And, um, or you can email me at holyhotmessmom at gmail.com. And y'all, uh, it's been like a straight year since somebody has left me a good review on, on um, Apple Podcasts and stuff. So if you guys could leave me a good review, that would be great. Make my life feel great. Um, and then I'm hoping to have a give, send, go uh, made for... Caroline at the still Black Caroline who's dealing with her son having um cancer they're gonna her husband's gonna have to take off work and uh they're gonna need to pay for childcare and things like that uh for their other babies so uh we're gonna try to raise some money for them and support them and love on them a little bit and be the hands and feet of Christ when they are carrying um actually be the hands and feet of Simon helping them carry this cross with them so, um, yeah, if you could help in any way, like even if it's a dollar or $5 or $10, like, uh, it would really add up to help this family. So, um, I'll put links to that in the show notes also. 